talk about church online one-on-one. I know a lot of people are still in the phase of like discovering how to really build an online church. You know, how, there's a lot of people streaming, but streaming doesn't make an online church. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about what it looked like to build an online church. And let's talk about the first steps. And, and right at the top of my head, Jason, I don't know what you think, but I would say the very first thing I, I like to tell people is vision. Some people just don't understand the importance of having a vision for your online church. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, that's the, the place I always start too, is I'm, I usually end up asking them, you know, what's your end game? What do you want to do? Um, is because there's there's different ways to do church online that meet different end games, and that really determines what kind of what kind of systems that you need to have in place. And usually, that's the best place to start because without it, what usually ends up happening is you smack right smack into all of these other issues down the road that you haven't thought through. And then you're having conversations with your leadership about what do we do with people that are out of state? You know, what do we do with baptism? What do we do with communion? You know, what do we do with you know, membership online? All of those things really need to be thought out ahead of time. And yeah. I feel like that uh, it's also helpful for people to figure out not only, well, first off, let's talk about endgame. Endgame can, it's like a spectrum, I think where on one end of the spectrum you have people that are that look at it as just, it's just a virtual overflow that's all it is right they don't have chat going on they're not really mm -hmm. thinking about interactivity yeah they just want to broadcast the content like a very cheap television station right and just get it out to as many people as possible there's value in that right yeah i wouldn't necessarily call that church um that might be a, a piece of or a portion of what church could be, mm -hmm. what, what it could become. But just like in the same way where just because you watch a sermon on TV, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a part of that person's church. Either mm -hmm. that or all of us are a part of everybody's church because everybody's yes. watching everybody's content, right? Yeah. So that's that's one piece of it as a virtual overflow. And if that's all you're using it for, then that's fine. If that's mm -hmm. just for people who, because you don't have enough seating in your space or because of covid and they want to stay home or because they're on a business trip and they want to stay connected there's definite utility to the live stream by being able to lead your people knowing that whether or not they're in the room they're still connected to your community there's value in that, yeah right? but that's not necessarily what i would consider church like in all mm -hmm. of it, in all of its expression online in the same way where a church planter would probably not think that just that one hour on Sunday is his church and that's it. Most pastors know that church is so much more than a sermon on Sunday. Absolutely. And, I, and that's the thing I talk about vision. I like that because the, the COVID came and surprised everybody, right? So a lot of churches with, you know, what this needs to look like and how do I build my online church? And what ended up happening was uh, they, they, they actually draft a vision to fulfill the infrastructure they already had. Instead of having the vision first and then build an infrastructure that serves that vision. And I think now the church is gonna to have to do a little bit of a catching up. And I think we still have a breathing room here 
during this transition time we're in to kind of sit down, stop, sit down with your pastor, with your team. It's like, okay, now we're settling in. Now we're already broadcasting our services. Let's talk about the big vision of where we want to go with this, what we want to out of this online church, what we want to, like you said, the end game is, and then you go build the infrastructure. So I think for the for you watching right now, you're looking at, okay, but hold on, I'm already running with this. I'm already doing this thing. Now you're telling me to stop everything? I, In a way, yeah. Like, I'm, saying, I'm not saying to stop streaming, but stop uh, pretending that what you're doing is actually leading to your end game because without the vision piece of your online church, you're actually drafting a vision here to fulfill the infrastructure you already have in place. And instead of, once you get the vision in place and you know your end game, then you break down and say, hey, hold on, you know what? This, this, this is not going to help us to get there. And that's, I think, the, the importance of start with draft your vision. Yeah, and I think where a lot of people realize that um, a little bit too late is when someone joins their online church and they're outside of the geographic reach of one of their physical campuses, that's when these conversations begin to emerge. Because you have people that say, oh, I'm a, I'm a part of your church. How do I become a member? But I live in a different state. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, what do we do with those people? You know, are they legit? Or someone yeah. who comes to know Jesus online. That's awesome. Then yeah. And they, they say, okay, how do I grow in my faith? And if you're, if you're not thinking that through, then I, I think you're going to get exactly. stuck. And you're going to have a lot of really awkward conversations because you haven't thought it through. And that's, that's like on one side of the continuum, there's like a virtual overflow. And then you got mm -hmm. another step in, which includes some interactivity, some chat, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. now, now you're beginning to have a conversation rather than just consuming content. And that can be the building blocks for calls to action, the discipleship pathway, all of those things. But then you got to think through, okay, what, what are we really trying to do here? Is, is, is it our goal to reach people? Because a lot of times it's like passion, like I want to reach people. Great. What does that look like? You know, once you've reached them, is it just reaching them so that they become believers? Then what? Do you want them to, to move, to show up on mm -hmm. site at, at your brick and mortar? Or do you want them to get connected to a local congregation that's nearby them? That's another part of that continuum. And then Another piece of it is like, okay, we're going to do a complete digital expression online. Mm -hmm. Stay digital or online the whole time. Fine. It's all good because we've got our entire discipleship pathway using online tools anyway, from membership to everything. And you can be a leader. You can do everything, soup to nuts, online. And then there's another one that's just like, okay, we're going to invest in you to the point where Maybe you started off with everything online, but we want you to be our church wherever you happen to be. That could be mm -hmm. Alabama, it could be Albania, it yep. doesn't really matter. It's like we want you to plant or be a microsite of our church, a leader of our church, wherever you happen to be around the world. And so the, those particular end games, each of which 
are different in the way that you approach people, in the way that you disciple people, in the way that you construct your next steps for people. It would be kind of like planting a church service without planting a church. Yes. So I think like, it's kind of interesting. I'd like to, to, to know your thought on that. As, as you're trying to draft the vision for the online church, um, in a, in, this is a language you common, it's commonly used in marketing, conversion. And I think we heard about that. You know, you want to create a conversion point so people, people see the content online and you want to create a conversion point. And the question I think everybody should ask their lead pastor or their staff, when, when we're producing online content on Sundays or any other day of the week, what is the conversion point? And I, do you know what I mean? Like what, because that helps you to see the, the end game. The answer to that question should be multi-layered because I think there are mm -hmm. some meta conversions that you're wanting to have occur regardless on their entire discipleship pathway, as, mm -hmm. long, as well as some micro conversions that have to do with that piece of content for that week alone. So, and yeah. they all should, they all should work together, right? So yes. if, if you're, you could have like a particular, and a lot of pastors, they know this intuitively. They're not, most of them aren't at least, there's a few exceptions, but most pastors don't get a salvation call every single Sunday, right? Some yeah. do, maybe some should, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that in some pastors' minds, they're thinking, no, there is a series of content that I'm, producing that I'm creating to take my people on a journey and hopefully they're not just being informed they don't just know more about scripture but they're making mm -hmm. decisions there I want a certain kind of outcome hopefully that's what we're shooting for and yeah it has to do for the series that has to do for the service as well as the big meta kind of goals to you know like a lot of them are like to create you know, fully devoted followers of Christ. You know, that's mm -hmm. the big meta conversion that includes yeah. a lot of micro conversions along the way that you have to create in that whole journey. Well, and I, so let's let's jump to another point. Now, let's pretend like we got the vision. We got how to build the vision for your online church. And I believe the next step then is build the infrastructure to fulfill that. Now, that that can be a little complicated. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of layers, there's a lot of points to cover. But in general, uh, I always look at infrastructure from two sides, technical and human. Uh, I think there's two sides of infrastructure we got to look into it. Uh, a lot of people all look at infrastructure, wouldn't say the word infrastructure, I was okay, I need to have cameras, I have to have mics, I need to have this streaming computer, but, but there's more to it, and that's people. So when you look at infrastructure, um, how do you look at it? Uh, you know, from not only technical side but the human side that's necessary to build the online church based on that vision. I mean, I, I was saying I don't think it's just one. The word infrastructure to a lot of people means um, a lot of times just the technical side, like right, the cameras and microphones and that. But now the online church, there's a huge human side of the online that we often forget to talk about. And I, I, wanna, I don't want anybody to miss this here. 
When we talk about infrastructure, we're talking about it as a whole. The, because we're all going to fulfill the vision that you created. It's not just the technology, but that's how, as humans, we use technology to connect with people. So how do you see that? Well, I think to your point, uh, when we're talking about online church, we're not talking about Siri leading Alexa to the Lord. We're talking mm -hmm. about using digital tools for any kinds of technology for that matter, so that people can minister to people. And you can see that all throughout scripture, whether it's letter writing, whether it is a PA system, whether it's television, whether it is the car, um, each of those technologies have been force multipliers for people to minister to people. And, mm -hmm. when, and when you think of it in that way, then you can actually overcome a lot of the obstacles that people tend to have in their expectation of technologies. Because a lot of times they show up to like a church service that's online. The last thing they're thinking about is this being a personal connection. But it can be if you engineer it that way. And especially mm -hmm. when you're doing follow-up, a lot of your back-end human systems of your infrastructure should be thought through of how to keep this as personal and as individual as possible. Now, mm -hmm. you could automate it, but sometimes you can automate yourself into irrelevance, into impersonal types of interactions that I think are counterproductive when mm -hmm. we're talking about um, something that ideally should be a relational thing. In the same yes. way where one could use technology to manage their family, right? Their own personal mm -hmm. family. Yeah. If you do it to an extreme, everybody's just texting each other and you're not having a face-to-face -face conversation yeah. with your kids, <laughs> there's a problem, you know? I mean, yeah. and, and, but that said, that doesn't mean that you throw out texting altogether, you know? You use yes. it all. But the point is, is that the, the primary motivator is not the technology or being a force multiplier for more metrics that you feel good about yourself about. That's not what it's yeah. about. It's about people ministering to people. As long as you keep that as the primary relational motivation for which you do ministry, you'll be a lot closer to the ways that the Apostle Paul and Jesus did it back in their day. And you can just use all these things as just tools. Which that's a great point, though. I, I Sometimes we forget the the ministry side of it, of, of the online church. And I think online church has this sound of a very technical, technological approach to the gospel that I think that has created a lot of resistance in church to embrace it because we forget to mention, to talk about the value of is really in human beings, you just using the technology to reach out to people. No, there's no other time in our history that we can actually reach people where they are like now. So I think when you look at that, when you look from that, those lenses, you're looking at, okay, when you talk about infrastructure in your church, uh, for the online church, the key component of that are people and how people are going to use the technology to reach out to people. And I think for you watching, if you, um, you know, you might not be the lead pastor in your church, but you're going to have to go and sell that to the lead pastor of your church. That's the argument. That's the argument. Absolutely. They, they understand that um, outside numbers. But they, 
<laughs> they they will get that right. They they, they understand, but they it's be, it, it's easier to embrace. And I I personally like to use the expression uh, humanizing technology because that's exactly I think where we should go. We should go to the point where we're we're telling, hey, we're going to humanize technology. We want to connect uh, with each other. And 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 it, 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 technology is just a vehicle that we are using uh, to do that. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you see the same way is that to me is the message that what we what we broadcast um, in a way is just the bait. It's just this. It's just we just cast this net with the broadcast with content. We throw content online with one go. Somehow they're going to take a bite at it and then they're going to connect. And now we can actually minister to people. So there's this big component of as you build your infrastructure, and again, infrastructure even involves technology outside hardware. Infrastructure involves software. Infrastructure involves how what's the best use of the tools that are already out there, like the best usage of social media, the best use of the features that you can apply from YouTube in your channel to get people to, to bite into that bait. Uh, have you experienced that too? Uh, a lot of times content can function, especially if it is relevant to a person's felt need. Um, mm -hmm. what, here's what happens sometimes, I think, where we have an advantage in online ministry over on-site ministry. On-site ministry, for whatever reason, feels so ephemeral because it happens every Sunday. Mm -hmm. You never know what's going to happen every Sunday. There's a little bit of excitement in that. Uh, the downside is is um, it's kind of it's kind of a roll of the dice for a person from the outside. If they're having a felt need, if they're having a problem with their marriage, they're having a problem with addiction, they show up and you're talking about something completely different. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not relevant, and they don't show up again. What we have online, yeah. however, is we can have evergreen content for those particular, and that content acts as kind of like the faith toward relationship, toward getting to the permission to be able to speak into someone's life so that Jesus can transform them. Many times Jesus used different types of bait for people, whether it mm -hmm. was feeding the 5,000 or um, talking to the woman at the well, telling them about the water that, that would never run dry. You know, there were different yeah. moments in which Jesus used that particular tactic, but he didn't stay there very long. Generally, he immediately went into something more substantive as it related to the relationship. And that's Absolutely. something where I feel like a lot of times with our on-site ministry, we just keep on baiting them to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, week after week. And at some point, someone wakes up and realizes going to the next event is not, maybe not helping me as much as you think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where relationship comes in. That's where coaching and discipleship comes in. And those are the types of you know, human, humanizing technology sorts of relationships that you can mm -hmm. get into after the church service, you know, after that, um, that piece of content that hopefully yes. gets you into relationship that you, know, you have to really think through. Mm -hmm. And you do that with evergreen content because we're pumping out content every week, man. Just yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Make a portfolio out of it, and then absolutely. Use it. 
for calls to action yes. that get you into a relationship. Exactly. Okay, that's great. So listen, uh, we're going to wrap this up uh, here. So number one, vision. Number two, infrastructure that humanizes the technology you're going to use for. That's the key. And you'll be able to start a great online church experience in your church. I'm very excited about that. Jason, thanks for, 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 for doing this together. Uh, this is so good. Thanks, everyone, for joining us at SALT, Salt Conference right here with us. Uh, look forward. we got more sessions coming up. This is great. Thanks, everyone.